2: Hello, San Antonio. This is Randy Adams, LearnToBuyAndSaleCars.com. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, call somebody and t- or text somebody. Tell them to listen to our show today. We've got a special guest coming on, Steve Sorensen, who is uh, my mentor. And um, one of them, and I've got several of them that uh, I'm accountable to, I'm responsible to. And, of course, let's take it to prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the show. Bless these people. Help them to see the truth. Want the truth. Love the truth. Examine themselves. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get them to see what's going on inside of them so they'll make better choices, better decisions. Because they've got their eyes focused on you and not a man, not of the world. And I I hope they receive this message the way that it's presented because of you, not me. I'm just a vessel. And I want to be part of your life. I want to grow and learn, and I want to be their mentor. And I ask us all in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to talk about Romans 7, 14 in a minute. Hey, but if you would like a free appraisal on your car, if you would like to talk to me, if you want to sell me your car, I'm going to be at uh, 1604 in Blanco. You know where Luby's is there. And then, of course, right next to them is Chick-fil-A and and, uh, Whataburger. But down to the um, east of them, down a little lower behind them, is K-Taco's. K, what tacos? K Tacos, 1360, I think it's 136.50. But anyway, I'm going to be there from 10.15 to 11.30 if you'd like to, I'll answer any questions. I'll give you free advice, whatever it takes. Uh, just meet me, just talk to me, put a face to the voice or whatever you want to do, but I'll be at K Tacos from at 1604 in Blanco. Hey, and if you come there, uh, K okay, tacos and I may buy you a free taco. We will buy you a free taco. How's that? And you're going to find out this guy is great. I love his tacos. And Her- Geraldo, a good friend of mine, will be there also. He's in the car business, and he speaks Spanish. Just in case you're not good in English, come on over. Uh, Geraldo will give us a hand. And we online we've got mentor of mine, Steve Sorensen. Good morning, Steve.
3: Good morning, Randy. you giving away tacos. Anymore. Yeah, we're
2: giving away tacos, and they get to meet me and talk to me, sell me their car, find out what their car's worth. And it's right there by Cornerstone Church. And I'm gonna tell you, it is great food, Steve. You'll like it, and I know you like to eat like me. And so uh, we're we're going to be there from ten fifteen to eleven thirty. But I want to ask you a question, Mentor. What does Mentor mean to, in you? What what does the word of that I mean what does it really compose of? I mean to me, you've been a mentor in my life, especially fourteen years when uh I was there every Sunday morning and you were giving us a class, but a mentor I know you've got mentors in your life, don't you?
3: Well I do, Randy, and uh but the, the concept of mentoring is someone that has that is available to somebody else to attempt to take them to a higher level than where they are.
2: And so nobody we,
3: can be a nobody can be a mentor if they don't have anything to offer. And so mentoring is the ability to teach somebody who wants to learn.
2: But we love them so much; we want them to improve and be the best they can be.
3: Exactly, I think everybody needs a mentor. Uh, And uh, to be honest with you, I think that everybody needs more than one uh, based on the subject that's causing them the – that they want to grow in. Uh, I certainly wouldn't go find a financial mentor uh, if he was in bankruptcy. Uh, I wouldn't find a marriage mentor uh, if he was going through 10 or 12 divorces himself. Uh, So it's very important that if a person wants to learn – that they go to somebody that really has something to offer them that they can draw from and continue to grow, in our case, in the in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> but in, in a lot of cases, there's a lot of subjects that people need mentoring in.
2: Well, I mean, when I was of the world, I didn't have a mentor, didn't care about a mentor, didn't know how to love people, didn't know how to forgive people. And when I received Jesus Christ, my life changed. And I was so blessed for Pastor Hagee, you, T.D. Jakes, so many people, Terry Thompson, that came in my life and wanted me to do better. Is that true love when you want somebody to do better?
3: Well, I think that that's the key of every believer is they want to see other people succeed. It's not a selfish world. It's a giving world. But at the same time, let me add that in the mentoring business, I don't know that you can go out and find people to mentor. I think that the people have to come to the mentor. Well, that's I know that sounds strange, but the person has to want to grow and want to learn uh, and want to advance in that field.
2: Well, I mean, it's just like I talked uh, that I've learned that a, uh, insecure peace person chases after love where a secure person attracts love a mentor like you, you attract people you attract people because we want to be like you we want to understand what you understand and live the way you live and and that's i see where you're coming from there and i understand i've never thought of it that way but that fits in that scenario
3: Sure, and in a lot of ways, Randy, you're one of the greatest mentors in uh, learning how to uh, buy and sell used cars. Well, the Lord's exact. You're doing on the radio. If nobody wants to hear you, they turn you off.
2: Well, the Lord does.
3: Yeah, they get it.
2: The Lord. He gave me that. He gave me that desire. I didn't have that desire. And he started putting it in me and just constantly tugging at me. Finally, I started opening up. But the problem I had at the beginning of this my radio ministry, I think I had a little bit of pride about it because they were all telling me this is not going to work. Everybody told me it wasn't going to work. The radio stations gave me the worst time they could give me. And I blew it up, and the phone calls and the response, they couldn't believe the response. Well, I... I, I, thought, I think I took a little bit of that pride on, and I, the Lord said, hey, now listen, we're going to, to struggle through this little deal, you know. And I think he opened my eyes to realize that the ministry he gave me was a years of the business that I, he gave me the Holy Spirit. I often talk about when we don't have the Holy Spirit, we don't have Jesus, we look through life at like a straw. And then when the Holy Spirit comes through, he gives you a a whole new vision of the whole world and you can understand things. And I've realized that I'm just a vessel that he's given. And he gives me just like these messages, this message we're going to work on in just a minute. He gave me this message and wham, it just opened my eyes to something that I'd never seen before. And it was so awesome and and. He keeps giving me these messages to write books, to put information in books. The only problem is I've got so much information, it's, it's, I don't know where to put it. Um, and it's just an awesome, awesome deal. But like I, in Romans 14, we know the spiritual law, but I am unspiritual, soul as a slave to sin. Was that Paul talking about his before or now? Or are we still, do, do we go in and out of spiritual?
3: Yeah, that's the 7th that's the chapter, around the 14th verse. Right, that's and, correct. And um, I believe in, in my heart that uh, we are forever in a battle. That's why Paul uh, made the comment, he said, bring every thought captive to Christ. See, for a believer to go do anything, specifically a big investment to go buy a car, go buy a house, go buy that... Many times we decide that we know what we're doing, and we don't consult God on what we need. And so we play God ourselves, and we go out and find ourselves in a horrible fix. Um, we don't go to somebody like you. We don't, we don't investigate. We don't uh, uh, do all of the right things first by consulting God. But whenever we step out on our own and do our own thing, then we get to live with the consequences of our own decisions.
2: Are we unspiritual then? Do we go... Sure. We,
3: we, I think that we have this spiritual component in us that if we engage it, uh, God stands ready to help us in everything that we ask. But when we don't engage him, then we rely on the flesh, and the flesh takes over. That's where greed, that's where lust, that's where all of these other things come in. Pride. All of these other things come swooping in when God is taken out of the equation. So when we start thinking towards God, now we start to make better decisions.
2: About like Peter walking on water when he took his focus off of God, he started going underwater, and that's what too many customers do when they buy a car. They end up underwater because their focus is not on Jesus.
3: You betcha. What we call it is upside down, right?
2: Oh, yeah. But the next verse says, I do not understand what I do. Why don't we? Why don't we understand what triggers us? Do we not examine ourselves?
3: Exactly. But, again, it's when Paul is talking about the debate between him and God. In other words, the nature of Paul is the flesh. The nature of Paul is evil. He's been trained forever and ever to take care of him. and That's what he does, and he makes bad decisions on it. And so he says that I, I don't even get to do the things that I know that I want to do because I love the spiritual world, but i got the flesh fighting against me, so I don't do it. But the wonderful news is, Randy, when you reengage God, The first part of the eighth chapter says, but now, therefore, there's no condemnation for them that love the Lord and walk according to his purpose. And so there's a way out of this big battle that we fight, and it's engaging God, and it's the move toward the spiritual world.
2: Well, I mean, we don't understand what we do. Is it not enough praying to God, not enough word, not enough just like you're saying, getting out and, and understanding what what's going on. And this business has changed tremendously the last 10 years. I was talking to a, to a dealer, and he's, he's been in the business. Uh, he's an independent now. He's been in the business probably 35, 40 years, too. He said, when did it become all right to lie in the car business? Is that people doing something they don't understand what they do?
3: Oh, I think it is a, a totally unspiritual world. I think that, uh, that in reality, and I don't forget, Paul didn't stay in that seventh chapter. He moved but because he learned uh, how to win that battle between his nature, the thing that wants to do evil, that wants to do wrong. Many times now in our world, uh, car business included, uh, it's very very fashionable the golden rule of the world today is do unto others before they do it to you
2: oh no that's probably you're exactly right
3: and see so, so we we move ourselves into an evil world and uh so when we're dealing with car dealers we're, they're going to do anything lying is just part of the deceit that's entered almost every facet of our life It's it's getting a little harder to be a Christian, I mean a real Christian, every day. A lot of people say they're Christian, but when it comes to uh, how do they conduct themselves, how do they think, how do they move, how do they make decisions uh, with God in the picture, it's getting harder to do that every day.
2: Well, the Bible also after that says, For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Yeah. Is, have we lost our conscience?
3: The world has.
2: I mean, is it? You know, I feel sorry for car salesman, and you you brought the brought it to light to me. I mean, I and I've had a lot of them call me and say, "I'm working for a bad dealership." And it used to be, I said seventy, thirty, thirty to of the truth. But it's getting a little smaller number seems like every day. But they come to me and I said, "You've been trained to sell." You know, you understand the business, you understand what's going on, find a new job. If you hate what you're doing and you're forced to say things and do things you don't want to, maybe you need to look at a different job.
3: Boy, you got that right, Green I got a guy down here that uh, sometimes we have to help him with the rent and that kind of thing. And uh, I tell him, I say, you've got to go find a job outside this selling cars. And uh, he says, well, I can't make enough money anywhere else. I said, well, you're sure not making it where you are because he tries to employ some integrity in what he's doing. And the dealerships nowadays, you know better than I do. They're changing the whole pay scale. They're changing the whole business.
2: Well, you're right, and I haven't talked much about that. But, no, these dealerships due to overhead, due to the things. And I buy a lot of cars off the radio. And there's another radio guy that's his. He's from Dallas, and he's promoting. He's spending a fortune on radio. I I don't have that kind of budget to spend on the fortune. And he tells all these things. But people don't realize what it is every dealership right now believe it or not it's five six hundred to touch a car and so here he comes from dallas now he's looking at eight nine hundred dollars to touch a car and so uh the overhead in the business has got higher well what happens the owners want more money they want more profit it takes more to do business so they've cut the the pay scale down and they work in these guys and i talk about pack which is the the uh, money that the dealerships put on the cars where the, the salesmen don't participate in the profit. And so some of these packs are 2200 Well, the dealership makes 2200 before the salesman gets out of the, the many. The and lots of times, I've seen some dealerships right now paying $35 to sell a car for the salesperson. He's there all day, and he better sell something to keep his job.
3: Yeah, and to keep bread on it. See, in the car business, Randy, and you've told me this before, that they're not really interested in a long-term employee. They want you until you exhaust your list of friends and family. Then they're going to move somebody else in behind you to sell something else. Happens every day.
2: Happens every day. I mean, I walk into dealerships. I was in a dealership the other day that I hadn't been in there in about two, three months. Uh, And I walk in there, and I didn't know. Probably 60% of the salespeople. And, and they're all new, different, and they're all attacking me, trying to sell me, you know, and they didn't know who I was. Finally, one of the salesmen told all of them, said, Hey, no, he, he's the guy that buys our cars and stuff. He's a wholesaler. You're wasting your time. But I mean, <laughs> and these, they attacked me, you know, and I'm smiling at them, you know. I know what they're doing, I understand the game. But, I mean, what, why do we do what we don't want and then hate it later? Is that misery? Is that, is that, did we lose peace in our mind?
3: Well, it's, in, me, in my mind, Randy, it's, it's simpler than that. It's I believe that we do what greed pushes us to do or lust pushes us to do, and then we suffer the consequences. You know, sometimes we need to talk about consequences of bad decisions. Uh, you know, there's people that you've tried to help. You can't help them because they're so far into their own problem. I mean, they stepped on their own tail. And they got themselves in such trouble that it's going to take them years to get back into a position where they can really uh, uh, manage their own money again because they're giving it to a finance company.
2: But Yeah, but do they walk into that next dealership wanting somebody to agree with them, something to, somebody to pump them up? And they get back in that circle of debt? I see that sure. every day.
3: Sure, sure.
2: We're there's, asking there's the wrong room person room. for help, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> the salesperson. <laughs> We're in a uh, culture of, uh, of debt. We live in a culture of debt. Uh, people think that it's great to be in debt. They don't realize what the percentage is that they're giving under, uh, to the bank. Or uh, There's people that buy cars on uh, credit cards. Man, I can't even imagine that, but they do it, Uh, Randy. It's it's a if we don't and this sounds so simple, but if we're not engaged with God, we're not capable of making good decisions because the basis of our decision will be the wrong motive.
2: Pride, greed, and keeping up with the Joneses.
3: You betcha. Or uh, (laughs) uh, I just can't. My car. I got a friend of mine that's driving a. uh, 2012 uh, Continental, I think it's an MK-something. MK. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and it's, it really is a beautiful car. He's got probably around uh, 60,000 miles on it is all. Right. But uh, he decided that uh, he needed a different car.
2: Well, now, it's paid it's for, paid for and, it, and it was paid for.
3: Absolutely. If he's, and, and the new one, this guy can afford it. I just don't understand the logic. You know, point A to point B, as you've said a thousand times, is what transportation is supposed to be. This thing would get him from here to Alaska and back and, and never miss a lick.
2: Well, Gary uh, Gary Jobs says that he's owned 400,000, before he passed away, he owned $400,000 cars and he owned $1,000 cars. And it was amazing to him they got to the same place about the same time.
3: <laughs> See, those are the consequences of decisions. And uh, so, and he can afford it, so he's going to go do it and have a, have a good time. But I, I'm just not sure that I that I understand it.
2: Well, um, you know, and what do you do with money? That's that's the problem. He's probably sitting on this cash, and instead of investing it in somebody's lives or blessing somebody, he wants to bless himself. Maybe
3: very possible. Very possible, very possible, but it, but it's always a step up. It's always, you know, and not so much with him. I mean, I don't want to just hammer on him. No, I agree. No, I see it every day. Trend. Yeah, this is a trend yeah. where I've got a good vehicle, but I just can't stand it. i got to have another
2: one. Well, I mean, I get, I get calls every day, I just made my last payment, and I'm going to buy a new car. I said, is that the reason? Go buy new cars because you made your last payment. I said, Do you, you know, do you feel guilty to the banks you want to make payments to them or what? And a lot of these people, just like that gentleman, 50, well, I had a guy with a 50,000 mile little Ford and he was going to go buy the same Fusion new. I said, now you're driving a car that's paid for, so make payments to yourself the next three four years when you got almost 100,000 miles, and then trade it and you'll have cash to buy a new one instead of making the payments to the bank.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, this, like I said, this guy's a friend of mine, and uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he can afford what he's doing. But uh, I just think that, that consulting God in everything that we do is, is absolutely the only way we'll make good decisions. And that's why I think Paul ran into such trouble in Romans, because he's saying, man, I got this battle going on, I got me and that. And whenever he does those things that he doesn't want to do, uh, but he does them, uh, he's doing it without God. Whenever he's not doing the things he should do, he's doing them without God. And no so peace. When we move on. Exactly. And you can't have peace if you're making your own decisions without talking to God because you're never going to know if it was the right one or not.
2: Well, and also right after that it says, And if I do what I don't want to do, I agree the law is good. I mean, the laws the Ten Commandments, right? Is that what he's well, talking about at, there? At, at that and 632 other ones. Well, that's in the there, so do we worry? Do we worry about the other 500, and, uh, I mean 622 of them? <laughs>
3: that's uh, that's what he's talking about. He's just he's talking about a nature. He he's not talking about I don't think actual deeds. He's talking about a nature that he has that that when he wants to please God, that, that he, he he can't make it happen, and when he and no matter what it is when uh, when he's fighting, when he's in the flesh, uh, God's not real impressed with what you're doing. But when you move out of that into the spirit, when you start talking uh, from the perspective of what God told you to do, uh, God may release you to do, you know, basically what you want to in the first place. Or you may not. You know, it's all a matter of how close to God are you.
2: Well, Steve, we're going to take a short break. Can you hold on a couple of minutes? And I, I've okay. got okay. Well, good folks. This is Randy Adams. Also, this show is going to be on 1160 at 1 p.m. today. Thank you, Freedom 1160. So tell your friends and neighbors to go to to 1160. Also, remember I'm going to be at Keg Tacos. Uh, right there at 1604 in uh, Blanco, right behind Waterburger, down below it. And uh, I'll be there from 1015 to 1130. Hey, we're going to give you a free taco. Come on by there. You're going to love the tacos. This guy is great. I love them. So be sure. And free appraisal, free questions, free answers. Uh, I'll try to buy your car if you want to sell it. So remember, I talk about and I buy the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll be right back. Thank you, 630, the word. God bless you. And tell your friends and neighbors to tune in.
1: Thanks to you, San Antonio and South Texas, 2017 was another successful year at North Park Toyota of San Antonio. Hi, this is Merle Gothard, General Manager of North Park Toyota of San Antonio, and you too can take advantage of our better bottom line posted pricing on over 750 available new and free-owned Toyotas. We research the market, and then we post our lowest price on every car, truck, and SUV every day. Then we back that price with sales and service excellence from the only dealer in Texas to earn Toyota's President's Award nine years in a row. No games, no gimmicks, just our better bottom line posted price, and remember, we don't mark them up just to mark them down. Our market-based posted pricing, the financing you deserve, and full market value for your trade-in, and our attention to customers' needs have made North Park Toyota a dealer that delivers. Come see how we deliver the North Parkway at North Park Toyota San Antonio, I 35 South Exit 144 Fisher Road, and 24 hours a day at northparktoyota.com. We'll be back with more of Randy Adams and Learn to Buy and Sell Cars on AM 630 KSLR. Now back to Randy Adams and Learn to Buy and Sell Cars on AM 630 KSLR.
2: Hello, it's Randy Adams again. Thank you for tuning in to K- KSLR six thirty a.m. I've got a special guest today, Steve Sorensen on here, and we're talking about Romans seven. Also, we're talking a little bit about uh, mentors. And Barry, my producer today, has got a question for Steve. Hey, Steve, how you doing?
4: You there, Steve? Oh,
3: I'm oh. there.
2: Hey, okay. Steve. There.
4: Hey, Steve. It's Barry. How you doing?
3: I'm doing good,
4: very thanks. Yeah, uh, Randy and I were talking um, during during the break about mentoring and how it really seems to be a lost art that everybody seems to just not want to take the time to mentor. I mentored a, a student at Marshall High School. This has got to be in the early 2000s if for the radio. But I just don't see that as being, um, it's just kind of gone by the wayside. But it's so important, I wish that, People would just take the time to do what you've done and what Randy's done and what I've done, and then just take the time to mentor people because it goes such a long way. Is it selfishness that's stopping them?
3: Well, I think that probably the commodity of the day, guys, is time. And I think that uh, you guys have hit it right on the head when you're talking about time. It's an investment. And we don't see the value in other people like we used to. We don't have that kind of a heart that wants to reach out. We pack our schedules so tight that we've got so much to do, and then when we think about putting something else on our plate, it just becomes almost distasteful. But a a real believer wants to see somebody else be reproduced uh, in them, and as they continue to grow other people, then we see, number one, our faith continue, and I'm talking about Christianity, but because if we lose one generation, we've lost our faith. And uh, our, our whole you know, feelings for Christ have disappeared because our children aren't doing it. So reaching out to other people is incredibly important, and I believe that Satan wants to stop it. I think that he wants to make sure that, that whatever brain, whatever's in your brain or uh, Randy's brain or mine or anybody else that's got something to offer, uh, he wants to shut that down so that we can't
2: pass it on, so that they can't pass it on. About a year, ago, about a year ago, uh, just to give you an example, a, a young man called me and listened to my radio show, and I knew this kid, and I worked with this kid, and I honestly, here I judged him. I didn't think this kid would ever make nothing. I mean, I just, I just, his family life was tough, everything was rough, and you know, and and I didn't know it. But I was a mentor to him. It, but you know what hurt me? I, it brought tears to my eyes because I judged him of never making it. And now he's outstanding, and he's doing great, and he's a family man, and he's a Christian, and his life is doing awesome. But here, I judged him, and but I was a mentor and didn't even know it. God worked with me. When I
4: didn't even know it or how I was doing it. And you know, seriously, when you think about mentoring, it doesn't take much. No. You could sit with somebody for an hour a week. Yeah. Take an hour a week. Or fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, and that'll prove so much to that person. But I guess you know maybe people just are you know don't uh, carve out like we carve out enough time to go out for dinner and carve out enough time to go to the movies. I think we need to. Car- A, we need to carve out more time to go to church, folks. Uh, and, two, yeah. and, and two, and and two, we need know, to carve out more time to go and uh, and mentor people.
3: You've got that 100%, right? And there's so many different venues to do that in. There's boys and, and girls clubs uh, right there in San Antonio and here in Corpus, and there's uh, kids that are in detention, and there's juvenile places, and uh, so many of them have families that are fractured and can't be helped. And all we got to do is, in, is you guys are right on the money, 15, well, well, minutes, 45 minutes. Go find somebody that you can pour a little bit of your life into and you'll find them blossoming or blossoming in the kingdom of God.
2: Well, it says in Romans as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it. We're talking about spirit there. I mean, the changes in our life is the spirit leading us, guide us, but is do we cut off spirit in our lives at times? Just like we, do we cut our conscience off?
3: Oh, absolutely. And that goes right back to what I was saying before, was uh, staying in consultation with God. Uh, if, if we drop that, no spirit can function in you if you don't listen. And that's true if you're selling cars or you're learning the Bible. Uh, what you're willing to invest in is what you'll reap the benefit. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Uh, If you sow into somebody else's life, you're going to reap the joy of seeing them continue to grow. Uh, Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. That's why, again, it's so important to bring every thought captive to Christ. Prioritize your life so that you guys can see people mentoring other people. Reprioritize. What are we going to take to heaven with us? It's going to be those things that you do for the kingdom and invest in other people. There's no uh, no U-Haul behind the hearse, you know. They used to say, and uh, you're not going to take it with you. But you can, but you can send it on ahead by mentoring, teaching, blessing, and touching the lives of other people.
2: But if we're tied up in debt, we're tied up in turmoil. We're tied up with not peace in mind. We can't soar with the eagles, can we?
3: No, that's that consequence thing. We do. We shoot ourselves in the foot all the time, and we hurt ourselves with the bad decisions, and we make the bad decisions because we go back to the flesh to make us do it. Well, it, like it's, your, question, your, your questions about mentoring are, are really great, and it's a great subject to be talking about. The great commodity is the time.
2: Well, and the Lord has revealed to me that lots of times I'm talking to these people that's, that I never meet. Uh, and and i 'm trying to help them and try to get them to understand and and get them to go to YouTube to see the training that the salesmen go to and all of this Romans and all what we're talking about is examine ourselves but we need to be prepared for a battle because we're walking into a dealership that will take every available dollar you got and even on you see the billboards in San Antonio it says Randolph Brooks will give you 60 days before the first payment because they know you're not going to have any money left for 60 days to make your first payment maybe they need to stretch that to 90 or 120 because they know what the dealerships are doing to the customers.
3: Well, they know that ultimately, no matter if it's 30, 60, or 90, you're going to start paying. And they're going to
2: start making money, oh, they make money, and I agree and, and it's uh they and it's something that we need, and we can't do it without and I, you know, and the business thrives on banking and uh indirect lending and all this other and all the opportunities and these banks are not building billion dollar buildings on not making money because they can loan <laughs> their money. I explain to people thirty to one I mean if they got a hundred thousand in the bank, deposit somebody's sitting there. They can loan three million out and that's that's four hundred five hundred loans that even if it's two percent, they're still making a thousand percent interest
3: and they, they make it time and time and time and time again
2: but it it also continues on the scripture it says, but it is sin living in me. We have that mm-hmm. sin, but do we control it or is it out of control in our lives?
3: Oh, it depends on you. It depends on every individual. We all, every—I mean, this. I think if I could have, if I could have created mankind uh, instead of God, uh, I think I would have taken that free will thing out of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got free it. Free will—it does get us in trouble, doesn't it?
2: It does. But it also says, "I know that nothing good lives in me." That is. In my simple nature. We all have it, don't we?
3: Right. You got it right. And until you learn to subdue it, you know, uh, the Bible tells us that we have to mortify or we have to kill the flesh. Uh, That's not going around whipping yourself with a stick, uh, making yourself behave. What that means is keeping your flesh out of the way because it's forever in combat with the Spirit of God.
2: Well, I remember you teaching uh, that I had a that I had a big problem, and uh, but everybody does say no to yourself.
3: Well, I don't think you can say <laughs> yes to God till you can say no to you. I think that, that Randy, that the the absolute pinhead of all sin hinges on that statement right there: your inability to say no to yourself. Until you can say no to you, it's not possible for you to say yes to God because they're in conflict. Both of you want to be your God. You want to be your God, and God wants to be your God. You get to choose which one wins.
2: Of course, we have amazing uh, ways and ability to to have excuses. Why not to say no to ourselves? We have the excuses when we look for people to help uh, join in with us to to feed ourselves the wrong way.
3: <laughs> right. I think it's the reason that people don't ask God His opinion because they already know the answer. <laughs> they,
2: don't you know? they don't want to hear it.
3: Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't want to confront the idea that God has to tell them what they already know is the right answer. If we've got the Spirit within us, uh, He certainly is able to communicate with with God the Father, and uh, He's already telling us. That's why the Comforter came, was to teach you all things, to bring into remembrance all things. Whether you act upon what the Spirit tells you or not is a hundred percent up to you. Well, and that's in a, in buying cars and in buying houses and buying anything. We. Don't ask God, because we already have made up our mind, and we already know what God thinks about it,
2: and we know right from wrong. But we still do it.
3: Yep. Yep. Well, and we want to satisfy the flesh.
2: And I told you about the my dream car running across it about two months ago, and oh man, my flesh says bite. But, you know, uh, I have i just prayed about it, spread it. But what do I need that car for? And, you know, I mean, really? Do I need it? And years ago when I was of the world, I don't care what it took, I'd have had to have it. And too many Christians I see today know the difference and understand their budget, understand their family. But they've made up their mind they got to buy that car. And they, and they end up going to dealerships that really lay them away. Because they know how to push their button, and they're Christians, and I deal with them. I, I dealt with a Christian the last few days and he he walked away. He, it was and you and how long do you you pray about it How long or a big decision Is it twenty four hours you used to tell me?
3: At least at least. and and he if somebody said, tells, the, if the, somebody tells me if you don't buy it now, the deal's gone. I tell him, man,
2: I'm sure going to miss that. <laughs> yeah. And but he walked away. And you know, he's not letting these people in the flesh handle his decisions and and he's a Christian. But too many times I even see the Christians let the pride, the selfishness rewarding myself wanting it so bad, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway.
3: Well, in that same book that you're talking about, Paul says, "Listen, I come to you guys, and you ought to be teachers, but you're, I can't, I can't feed you meat because you're still babes. You want to go back over the same old stuff." He says, "You got to learn to do what you know to do," uh, and that feeds right into exactly what we're talking about: is that if we don't, don't grow, if we don't train our spirit, if we don't train ourselves to respond to the spirit is probably a better way to say it then uh we're going to be susceptible to every wind and doctrine that comes along you know when when paul wrote that or when timothy wrote that or peter wrote that uh you know and they all have the same kind of flavor we're just like the wind tossed back and forth he's not talking to the world he's talking to christians
2: but these guys that wrote this book had a unbelievable experience with God. But are, are, peeping, are people doing the same thing? I mean, I had an unbelievable experience with God. He changed my life from a pure heathen to loving people that I didn't think I could ever love, feeling sorry for people I didn't think I could ever see. But why aren't people having that experience? Do they don't want it, or do they not search for it, or do they do not have the desire for it? Or do they want to live their way?
3: I'm going to say yes to all of that. That's all that we they don't. I don't think that they see the need to get too far into the kingdom of God. I don't think they see that. I think they feel that they're put on this earth for a short amount of time, and uh, they need God. And we even have a, this prosperity concept coming, you know, through the through the preachers of the day that. Hey, God wants you to be super happy. He wants you to have everything you want. You're supposed to be wealthy. You're supposed to... Randy, I have to tell you that it's a concept that's creeped into the church, and all it does is teach us to uh, sit around and daydream about winning the lottery.
2: Yeah, but do so many people think they're not worthy? You know, I mean, it's, and I, I'm, you know, I've helped a lot of people off of drugs and alcohol. Uh, and, and I did that. And that doesn't affect me. I mean, I don't do drugs, don't do alcohol and it doesn't affect me, but God gave me a ministry and, and, uh, w- you were part of this experience. He brought me a drug addict, you know, and he didn't think he was worthy of being saved. He'd been in churches for 10 years. Some of them, they sold drugs and, but I mean, he could get drugs and, and he didn't think he was worthy. Are these people not having that experience because they don't believe they're worthy?
3: Uh, well, I, I think you've jumped on a whole new subject here. Uh, the the value of the person. Um,
2: well, yeah, but let I, me tie it I together. I
3: feel that way, but I don't think that they ever think that out.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, I the problem walking in a dealership, I'm going to tie this in with the car business. I'm not worthy to drive that brand-new sports car, and they walk in there to buy a $20,000 car, and they walk out with a $40,000 car because the salesman pumps them up that they deserve it, they're worthy of it?
3: Yeah, well, that's that's part of the deceit. That's part of the deceit, and they can work on it. But I, I doubt that too many people run around thinking I'm not worthy. I think that that's probably nothing but a... Uh, an excuse to either not do or to do uh, what they're about to do. I'm not worthy of Jesus saving me. You know, you can go through uh, all of the characters of the Bible. All of them are rascals except for Jesus. I mean, it didn't matter if it was David. It didn't matter because he was a murderer and an adulterer. It didn't matter if it was Paul. He was a murderer. You could point out all these examples and somebody will still say, yeah, but... I've been too bad. No, you haven't been too bad. Yeah. All you're doing is you're putting this off because you're not sure you want to step in to that role. Uh, yes, there are people that have low self-esteem and there are people that are easy to manipulate and that kind of thing. But uh, salesman Randy, you know this incredibly well. Uh they're not just the average guy off the street. No the guys that got university degrees and cheating.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and, and then we continue to educate them. We continue to learn more. There's more people trying to train them and teach them how to be psychologists and sociologists and how to make it work and how to make more money. And we get these bombarded emails every day and every opportunity. I got three phone calls yesterday at my office. I happened to be there for a while and these, these people are are trying to get me to hook up with them because they can prove that they can show us how to make more money on the customers walking in the door.
3: Exactly. Yeah, it's all a, it's all a shell game. It's a con game uh, to them. I love it that you've got magazines that come to you on a regular. basis That's right. and Telling you how to squeeze the turn up a little tighter.
2: And the and violations. I love
3: it. That you get on the radio with it. I love it that you get on and say, "Look what they said in this article." Uh,
2: but pride you know, pride on these dealerships, Steve, is amazing to me. Pride, they still love me. They listen to my shows, especially my one that will be on at 9 o'clock tonight. I've got a show. It'll be on Facebook, Randy Adams Live, at 9 o'clock, 9 to 10, and it reaches 35 states. The, door, the Lord's opened the door on that one. But the, these dealers are listening to this because they're so prideful. That I'm not affecting them. In fact, I had a large dealership that I would never recommend anybody tell me that I was talk, talk, talk. I wasn't touching them. His exact words. You know what? Well,
3: you know what? You know what, Randy? There are so many gullible people out there that he's probably right. But if you can save one person, you know, one person had to save, you know, lead Billy Graham to the Lord uh If you on your radio show if you can get to your listeners, if you can get to the folks that are tuned in, then you've done them an enormous favor by educating and bringing them up but that dealer is correct that not everybody that comes in that shop has been listening to your radio station
4: you know, and I want to just kind of emphasize something um, uh, Steve and Brandy is like you know I thought. dozen cars in my life or whatever and I've hated every experience going into the dealership because I know exactly what's going to happen. Now you get a guy like Randy Adams who actually cares about people and is going about this in a Christian way, now I can believe again that I can have a good experience buying a car. That's what I, that was the, I I knew that when it was come time to get a new car, I hated the thought of going into a dealership because I know they were going to try to, try to, you know, they're going to cheat me somehow. Where now, you know, you get guys like Randy and there's more people like Randy. I wish there were, I wish there were more people like Randy out there that, you know, are honest with people. Uh that's where the car that that's it's not only in the you know in, in the uh the car industry, but it's a lot of different industries where it's like people have lost touch with God and, and what and would God want that. you to be like that? Well
2: and, and Barry's Barry's like a lot of people, they got knowledge now, they got wisdom that comes from the Lord, and they got the spirit. And that's what it takes to make the right purchase, am I right? Steve?
3: Oh, that's I, I fall on that stone every day, <clears throat> and I believe it with all my heart, but that's that's the key. Are you going to bring God into your thinking, or are you not? Uh, Randy, Mary, <laughs> it was kind of interesting. I bought lots of cars from Randy, and I just call him, and, and I was walking. And I said, Randy, what? tell me about that car over there. And Randy just keeps walking and says, you don't want that one. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then the
2: Lord saved one uh, one time, remember? I had a car that yeah. should have sold, and I took it everywhere, and nobody would buy it, nobody make an offer on it. And Steve walked up, and he said, I want that car. And I said, now I know why I haven't been able to sell that car. I said, that car should have made me a bunch of money. And I said, the Lord's been saving it for you. And he loved it for a long time. So I did.
3: I, I certainly did. I, and, it. Randy, you're the- you're a fabulous mentor. I remember one example I said to you from a naive guy. You know, I said, uh, Randy, I said, uh, is it accurate that if you're going to buy a car, go go check the dipstick and, and check the oil? And you said, anybody can change oil. Go to the tailpipe and see what it looks
2: that's like. That's right. <laughs> you remember that? That's right. That's what I believe.
3: And, uh, that's what you do in the mentoring process of teaching us ways to buy new or used cars you tell us what's right you tell us what the appropriate way is and uh and what to expect in that in that business matter of fact i love your business i think for a couple hundred dollars i don't know the number you got on it anymore but you go do the deal for people oh
2: yeah i I helped them out i help a lot of people out yep sure do
3: and uh, And my friends have loved you for that
2: well, our time is short, Steve. I want to thank you because, you know, and and let me explain one thing about mentors, folks. You know, I think God brings the right people. He brought, when I got saved, and I mean, I didn't even know where Genesis was. I walked into Cornerstone Church, but I had people like uh, Steve Sorensen, Terry Thompson, Pastor Hagee, and so many people that became my mentor. I don't know if I was seeking it, God was leading me, but they attracted to me with their love. And th- thank you, Steve. You've been a mentor in my life. And I hope everybody understands, for 14, I've, we've been together 25 years, we're right at it. But for 14 years, we were, we were one-on-one, in my opinion, many of them yeah. m- many of them messages you were directly at me and i said lord he's talking to me and he you know but you teach people to examine themselves and i've tried not to copy it but lead that way where i put the questions out that people can examine themselves
3: yeah, and well, i think you teach questions, Randy. i was going to say uh, Randy, will you stand up? I if you <laughs> yeah, you were. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Steve. God bless you. Uh, he's in Corpus at the moment, but uh, he'll be moving soon. Oh, man, we're going to miss him. But he's going to be on the phone at time to time on the radio show because I love having him on. Thank you, Steve Sorensen. God bless you.
3: Bless you guys. You're doing a great job.
2: Thank you. This is Randy Adams, learn-to-buy-and-sell-cars.com. We're going to be at K-Tacos. That's right behind Whataburger on uh, 1604 in Blanco. We want to buy you a taco. I want to buy your car. I want to talk to you. I want to give you a free appraisal. I'll help you any way I can. And I'm on tonight, Facebook Live. Uh, that'll be... a at 9 to 10 o'clock on the big station here, the big AM station. We're on 35. It's the blowtarch. And then we're going to have this show at 1160 today. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in. Thank you, Steve Sorensen. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Baron. Thank you, Michael. God bless you. I love you, San Antonio. My phone number, 830-708-4789. Give me a call anytime. God bless you.